Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and all the rest from all of us here at the Disenfranchised Podcast. And by all of us, I mean myself, Stephen Foxworthy, uh, one of your intrepid hosts, and joining me, as always, uh, the holliest of the jolliest, it's my good friend Brett Wright. Hey, Brett. Merry Christmas, Stephen. And Merry Christmas to you. This this is actually dropping on Christmas Day for our $5 and up patrons. So thank you for being patrons of uh, of this fine program we appreciate you and all you do for us hold on we're actually we're gonna gate some people out of this commentary on christmas steven at this point brett we only have five dollar patrons so but i mean look man it's christmas don't make don't make me get the three spirits on you all i'm saying is that we did promise that commentaries were going on the five dollar channel but it's also christmas I mean, Please, sir, it's Christmas. I mean, hell, you just want to put it on the main feed, too? Please, sir, it's Christmas. <laughs> All right. Well, apparently everybody's listening to this. So there you go. Brett has decided for me that everybody's listening to this. Normally, this kind of content would be protected behind the $5 paywall. But Brett has decided that everybody needs it. So God bless us, everyone. <laughs> All right. Quiet, you. <laughs> At any rate. We uh, So normally this is a patron's choice episode, but just because of the hectic craziness of this time of year for both of us, really, uh, we have opted to A, not hold it to a vote, mainly because Brett just outright vetoed one of my one of my selection options, um, just outright out of hand without any really consideration uh, whatsoever. Do you remember what that other option was, Brett? Was it Die Hard? No, it was not Die Hard. It was, was it was not Die Hard. I don't remember because we had we had talked about doing we had originally talked about doing a matchup between Die Hard and Gremlins when we were going to put it to a vote. Um, but then uh, I was like, well, what if we did Christmas specials like from our youth, um, from you know the days when we were young? And uh, I, I floated the the one that we're doing, and then I also floated one a little before our time, but one that has uh, an infamous sort of connotation. Uh, the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, yeah. Which you condemned outright. No. Yeah, I've never been able to finish it. I've tried multiple times. Can't get through it. I finished it twice. Well, good for you. No, you're... three well, times. You are also on record as being able to sit through food fight in one sitting. That's so I don't true. know. You can suffer through some shit, my friend. Uh, um, yeah, I, I have and I will. So good on you. I can't do it. Uh, but what you can do, uh, I think it's they just released it for free on YouTube. Go watch the Rift Tracks version of the Star Wars Christmas special. It is amazing. Okay, uh, that for I have free on right YouTube now. now for free on YouTube right now. Um, but so we so we're not talking about the Star Wars holiday special. Uh, instead, Brett, we are talking. We're we're going to be doing a commentary track for what film? Uh, it is the Muppet Family Christmas from 1987. Yes, the 1987 Muppet Family Christmas TV special uh, featuring the talents of Jim Henson, Frank Oz, Dave Garls, um, uh, Richard Hunt, Catherine Mullen, Jerry Nelson, Karen Prell, Steve Whitmire, David Rudman, Carol Spinney, Gerard Parks, and many more. It is one that I watched a lot as a child. Brett, do you have any any memories of this special at all? I I don't currently. Okay. I feel like I am going to start watching this, and it's just all going to come back to me. And it's um, all just, coming back to I was me. About, I was about to say, just like a Celine Dion song, it's going to start all coming back to me. So. Okay. Now, she did sing it first, but that is a Jim Steinman song, my friend. Uh, well, she made it popular, one would argue. Uh, she did, but Jim Steinman wrote that bitch, and Jim Steinman is the man behind um, the first two Meatloaf Bat at a Hell albums. Uh, the air supply song, making love out of nothing at all. Um, there's nothing quite like a Jim Steinman song. One of my favorite modern, um, modern, uh, songwriters. Well, my apologies for contributing to the Jim Steinman erasure. <laughs> it's okay. I will not allow for Jim Steinman erasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at any rate, so I have very fond memories of this special. It stopped airing shortly after Jim Henson's death in 1990, as I recall, I don't remember seeing it after that, but I have very fond memories of the first six years of my life watching this special every Christmas. Like this was for me appointment viewing, like the same as Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman, 
like the Muppet a Muppet Family Christmas was appointment viewing for me. So I, I was tuning in every year. Um, you can find uh, copies of this on YouTube if you so desire. Uh, it's currently up there. Um, I am not the, the version we're watching is 47 minutes and 50 seconds in length. Um, and uh, we're going to kind of edit around all the commercial breaks and things um, so that you won't have to uh, sit. So if you just want to hit pause, if you know, a YouTube commercial pops up or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you won't, we won't get the same commercials. Yeah. So if we were, if we were watching it on YouTube direct, we wouldn't get the same commercials. Correct. So, so, so I mean, you, you can, if you want to watch along with us, we would encourage you to do so. Like I said, this is accessible in places. If you know where to look, uh, namely YouTube, um, but this is, uh, I think a part of the reason why this stopped airing in 1990 is because of all the, the sticky rights issues that arise from combining at this time, the four major Muppet groups, which were the Muppet gang from the Muppet show, the Sesame street crew from Sesame street, the fraggles of fraggle rock and the, um, the Muppet babies, um, at this point, I think by the time the this special stopped airing the rights for those different groups were kind of scattered all over the place children's television workshop has the rights to sesame street disney bought out the rights to the muppets eisner kept trying for sesame street and henson would refuse saying that's not mine to sell that's children's television workshop uh the fraggles he he developed specifically with hbo like it was one of the first original programs on hbo when hbo first started uh, and then the Muppet Babies, I think, were on ABC uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. So I remember watching them in syndication on Nickelodeon. So Sure. I remember watching them original run. I just don't remember what channel they were on because I was a big Saturday morning cartoon kid. Um, but I don't I could not for the life of me tell you what network they were on. Um, but that having been said, that's probably one of the reasons why this special has just kind of been off the air. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's kind of cut the, cut the crap and cut the preamble and let's, cause we're seven minutes into this already. Let's go ahead and just get this thing started and, uh, enjoy a good old fashioned Muppet family Christmas. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and, uh, Brett, why don't you count us off? All right. We're going to hit the play button in three, two, one play. And just one of the indelible Muppet images. The entire group shoved into one giant vehicle. Like you really love Rizzo the Rat, who had been introduced, I think, the year before in uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, created and uh, voiced by Steve Whitmire. And in fact, Rizzo the Rat, not a character you will really see anymore because he was fired by Disney. Yeah, which is a real shame because, like, he was like for the longest time he's been Gonzo's best friend. Yeah, I mean, Whitmire was the one that Henson per like personally chose to carry the torch of Kermit after he died, um, and so Whitmire performed Kermit. Um, he performed Whit Rizzo, Bean Bunny, and then shortly after, I want to say the first Muppets movie, or maybe even the second one. They just uh, they they fired him. He was trying to, I think, preserve Jim's legacy as best as he could. And uh, Disney kind of drummed up some stuff and got him got him canned, which I think is a real shame. It really is. Disney is more evil than they let on. Uh, yeah. I mean, you don't get to be a giant, co- a giant corporation like that without being uh, evil. <laughs> it's really the bottom line. And they really. I would say up until Muppet Haunted House have not really known what to do with the Muppets. Which I still need to see. It's good. It's I think you will you will get a big kick out of it. It's also one of the last uh on-screen appearances of Ed Asner. So I mean, I'm I'm just looking at all these great Muppets. I love them all. Do you have a favorite Muppet, Brett? I know you do, but you know, for the sake of conversation, do you have a favorite Muppet? Uh, mine, I don't think is in this vehicle. It's the Swedish chef, but I do not see him. I don't see him yet. I, I, I feel like he's going to show up. He's also my favorite Muppet. I think he's just the greatest. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's, 
all the things the Muppets do well, kind of wacky, crazy comedy, music, singing, all these things like Jim Henson created the Muppet show as kind of a variety program. And um, it was really kind of unlike anything else because there were a lot of variety programs on TV, but none with puppets doing what Jim Henson wanted to do. And his entire career was trying to push the medium of puppetry forward and take it in new and interesting directions, which is why he kind of got away from the Muppets later in his life. This is one of the one of the last things with the Muppets he does. The very last, of course, is Muppet Vision 3D, which he does for the Disney parks. But this is one of the last major Muppet pro- projects that he works on. And of course, that's Gerard Parks, who was uh, the, the human character in Fraggle Rock. With his dog, Sprocket. Sprocket, yes. Ah, Fozzie's great. Fozzie's the worst. Okay, this is a great running gag. Everybody who walks through the door, like there's an icy patch right inside the front door. So everyone who walks through the front door starts slipping. I remember this from my childhood. And by the end, by the time the last people walk through, it's like, watch out for the icy patch. And then everyone just goes sliding in through the door and it's great. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love the Muppets so much. There's just that that level of just in, like sheer insanity that no one does. Quite, I mean, you can make the argument for the Looney Tunes, but their craziness is a lot different than that of the Muppets. Yeah. And I got I got a comment on like how much of a mood Sam the Eagle is there. He's like, why am I here? Like, <laughs> there's that's such a big mood in the middle of like a giant, crazy family gathering. But like, why am I here? I'm, you're absolutely right. But that is I mean, that's Sam's mood amongst the Muppets anyway. I think he was introduced on the show as kind of an agent for like modesty and public decency on the original Muppet show. And he's just kind of stuck around as it's just perennial wet blanket, which I think is such perfect energy for what for what the Muppets are and what they're doing. Oh, and this is our major conflict is the fact that Piggy's not there. (laughs) Piggy's posing face is perfect. So, funny originally they couldn't um because there were so few people like manning the muppet show early on uh miss piggy was originally performed and voiced like her response those responsibilities were shared by frank oz and richard hunt and so in some of the very early episodes of the muppet show which are available on the disney plus right now you some episodes she'll sound like she normally does like she does now and because she's voiced by frank oz and then other times she'll sound completely different because she's being voiced by richard hunt but she's very different in terms of design from all the other lady pigs on this show. Oh, there he is. There he is. Her, yeah, there's the icy patch. <laughs> even, even at the Muppet gathering, he's the caterer. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, it's the it's the it's the 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 club Christmas party or the 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 company Christmas party. Why don't you cook for us, please? <laughs> Does the Swedish chef know who he's cooking for? <laughs> I mean, you have to wonder, right? It's uh, it's always a crapshoot if you. If you can figure out what he's saying and what he's thinking. I love how pretty much there, there's no really two ways about it. Either you understand exactly what the Swedish chef is saying, or you don't understand a blessed thing he's saying. There's no in between. And, and honestly, that inconsistency is what makes him one of my favorites.
Oh, that's funny. Oh, Robin, you ain't seen nothing yet, buddy. Whatever, whatever happened to is Robin his, his name? Whatever happened to him? Um, I th- well, part of it I think is that that was a Jerry Nelson creation, and Jerry Nelson had to like ended up stepping away from the Muppets after a while. Um, and of course, this version I remember very well because Doctor Teeth, Doctor Teeth is another of my favorite Muppets has begun yeah it's great but um but no i think that was a jerry nelson character i think jerry nelson he worked with the muppets up through muppets in space as a lot of the original creators did but to lesser roles i think a lot of the time and then he got sick like his last performance with the muppets was as the announcer in the first disney muppet film the muppets um the uh 2011 Jason Siegel Muppets film. Oh, okay. But and and he's a very minor role but he's he's the announcer and that's by that point he had cancer really bad. I think it was cancer that he ended up passing from. Um but yeah, he was one of the original Muppet performers. I mean, he's the guy who originated uh Robin, Floyd Pepper, um you know, a ton of the really, you know, iconic Muppets. He was he was the creating force behind them. And um, the way that Henson, I mean, to, to hear it, a lot of the character or the, a lot of the people that Henson kind of collaborated with became like a, like a surrogate family, just kind of these weird outcasts and misfits, not unlike the Muppets themselves. So these people had just such an incredible sense of loyalty toward Henson. Um, but I mean, his IMDb photo, Jerry Nelson, is him with a respirator. Like he's he's got like an oxygen tank hookup. You can tell. <laughs> Woodland creatures with a Christmas tree, of course. <laughs> the joke will just keep getting funnier every time it will a hundred percent that's that's what i remember is just the hilarity of everyone slipping on that icy patch every every time they come in it's one of my favorite examples of a running gag like when i was a kid i knew what a running gag was because of the icy patch gig gag from this special This it, this strikes me as a very goofy meets goofy and Pluto having a conversation kind of thing, because like Sprocket is very much the Pluto, whereas Rolf is very much the goofy. Like he's a dog that walks around and plays piano, and Sprocket is a dog who barks. Yeah, bringing up weird questions of evolution and how mm-hmm. how animals work in the Muppet universe. Uh, but then again, it's, I think it works the same way the rules in Gremlins work. Um, shut up and enjoy it, you nerd. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Don't question it. No. I mean, that's that's one of my favorite um, gags in, in uh, Gremlins 2 is when they're making fun of the rules from the first movie and a gremlin just pops out of the hatch and eats them. <laughs> yeah. So quit, quit, yeah. quit making fun of these rules and just enjoy the damn movie. You're, you're here for the same reason I am, to watch these things be crazy. So just let them. And Frank Oz, of course, one of Henson's earliest collaborators, the creative force behind Fozzie, ultimately Miss Piggy, Cookie Monster, um, Bert. Like Uh, just Yoda. Yeah. Yes. Lest we forget Yoda. Speaking of, let me take a nice big drink of water out of my baby Yoda cup. But I mean, in the back there, you've got a much more bear-like looking bear, which if if Muppets take Manhattan, there's a whole scene where Fozzie goes off with another group of bears to hibernate. And they're the much more realistic looking bears. (laughs) 
that bunny looked an awful lot like <laughs> like Bean Bunny. It was not Bean Bunny because it wasn't wearing the coat and scarf, but right. Even when answering the phone, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Piggy. Piggy, tonight is Christmas Eve. How dare you? Okay, those are great. <laughs> I need a pair of green fuzzy flipper slippers. Who doesn't really? Uh, Touche. Apparently when I was a child, such a fan of the Muppets was I that I used to uh, punctuate every joke with Waka Waka. I have this on good authority from my aunt. Amazing. Right. Scooter, of course, is voiced by Richard Hunt, who was the second of the Muppeteer of the original Muppeteers to pass away. Uh, he actually died, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he died due to AIDS complications. Were you a Muppet Babies fan growing up, Brett? I was, yeah. Watched them religiously in syndication. Heck yeah. And these, of course, are the same puppets they used in uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, which precipitated the idea for the Muppet Babies. Oh, animal. (laughs) Yes, he did. Actually, Richard Hunt died in January of 92 of HIV AIDS related complications. RIP to him. Absolutely. Muppets uh, Christmas Carol was dedicated to his memory. This turkey seems very problematic to me. I mean, he's trying to steal Gonzo's girl. How dare he? And he's being very handsy. Let's 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 call it what it is. I mean, uh, I uh, I think he uh, if 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 he were around today, he'd be getting canceled left and right for sure. Hey, it's the Sesame Street gang. The two-headed monster. Oh, my gosh. I've not thought about that one in ages. And then, of course, the best special effect in this scene is the moment when Carol Carol Spinney as Big Bird comes around in that corner because it's just so much bigger than everyone else. And I mean, of course, it doesn't get any more wholesome than, of course, the Sesame Street gang is just wandering around caroling. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's delightful. I and I absolutely love every second of it. And then, of course. Bert and Ernie, man, I was such a I was so in the pocket for Bert and Ernie growing up. (laughs) <laughs> i was i was an oscar the grouch and the count person they were my favorites sure i uh i mean i i've grown into loving oscar the grouch as i've become more curmudgeonly in my old age and of course i'm always a, a big cookie monster stan 
Oh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, that, they, he just runs around eating cookies. Like, that, that is his dominant personality trait. Of course, I think he is no longer the cookie monster. I think he is now the veggie monster to encourage children to eat their vegetables. Noting that a cookie is a sometimes food. Yes. Which, I mean, I understand, but by the same token, cookie monster. There they go. The honkers. Yeah. Oh, man. Taking me back, man. I love I love that the shtick that normally works on Sesame Street just seems really obnoxious and out of place when you put into literally any other context. Right. It, it, it cracks me up. I love it. Oh, Swedish Chef. See, Swedish Chef's going to put turkey in his place. Yeah, you tell him, Swedish Chef. Yeah, knocking him out with a celery, measuring Sizing it, him up like an undertaker. See if he's gonna fit in the in the pan. You're, I think you're gonna need a bigger pan, buddy. <laughs> yeah, this turkey is bad news. Here's the thing. I don't remember the turkey at all. And now we have our new conflict, Swedish Chef versus Big Bird. Battle for the century. Right? It's it's a little perfect. The Muppet Newscaster. Gonna be there a while, Count. Any shot where a puppet is looking out a window forlorn, just for some reason, just does something to me. Like the the series finale of Dinosaurs. Um, oh, there's another scene I was just thinking of, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, Alf. I'm sure there are plenty of scenes in Alf where he's doing that, but like, hmm. Hey yo. <laughs> Come on, Janice. You just flaunting cookies in front of an addict, man. You can't be doing that. <laughs> of course, Cookie Monster and Animal are gonna hit it off. Guess what role Bird is playing in the pageant? <laughs> Thus fueling the Ernie and Bert are gay rumors that have persisted pretty much since their inception. Yeah. Which as progressive as Sesame Street seems to be nowadays. You think they just might have embraced it at this point, but I don't think they have. I don't think they fully have either. I think it's just kind of one of those. I don't know if you think they are. They might be. Who knows? Yeah. They're not actively denying it, so I guess that's yeah, sort of a this, Sesame Street way of saying they did at one point actively deny it. They're no longer, I think, actively denying. If if I'm not mistaken, they're no longer actively denying it. <laughs> Grover was another favorite of mine growing up too. Like Grover was the original Elmo. Before Elmo was Elmo, there was Grover. Right. Speaking of Elmo. I never knew Bert was such a traditionalist, but I guess it does make sense. No, that totally tracks. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It does. 
Oh, see, I don't remember any of this part, but I am loving this. The two-headed monster is Santa Claus. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This is so great. And it's crazy seeing Elmo relegated to just like... A background character uh, but you, you do love uh, here's the thing i mean this is years before elmo's rise to power and prominence yeah which is why it's so weird looking back on it now mm-hmm. i mean this is probably I, I wonder when elmo was created i'm gonna i'm gonna do some quick googling here i mean that's one way to say it doc sure Okay, so he first appeared in 1980. So he's been a Muppet longer than we've been alive. But wow. he's not he was not one of the power players that early. See, Piggy just Piggy is like the literal personification of hubris. So originally Elmo was performed by Jerry Nelson, Brian Mule, and Richard Hunt up until 1985. And in 1985, apparently Richard Hunt became so frustrated with the puppet, he squeezed it and threw it at Kevin Clash, who performed Elmo from that point forward. (laughs) Wow. All right. Right. What an origin story. But I think it was like mid to late nineties that he kind of rose to rose into his power. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if the fr- if the snowman is cold, it's cold. If if he's cold, you're, you're if you're cold, he's cold. Let him inside. <laughs> I was waiting for it. There it is. <laughs> Here and here's the thing that continues to mystify me is that these two guys, not only are they perennially in the audience of the Muppet Show, Statler and Waldorf, named for the hotels, by the way, which I find hilarious, um, but they, they just happen to be everywhere the Muppets are. <laughs> They've also got the best one-liners of anybody in the Muppets. Tell me more, Doc. Tell me more. Is that your expert medical opinion, Doc? Ah, ah, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Count Von Count. So here's the question I need to ask you, Brett. You are our resident vampire expert on this podcast. Does Count Von Count drink blood? Um, I have to imagine that he does because he's a vampire or the vampire likes to count. Do they do the thing that they did with Morbius on the old uh, Spider-Man cartoon where it's uh, he actually needs to feed on plasma? Um, I think it's one of those things that's never acknowledged. He's just uh He's a, he's a vampire that wants that just is obsessed with counting, and that's all you need to ever ask about. <laughs> that's all you ever need to know. Speaking of all the some of the all time great comedic duos, um, Big Bird and the Swedish Chef, right here. 
Oh, yeah. No, it's, it, I mean, it's a shame that they never got together more often. Right. At least one Muppet, though, does appear in every major or one Sesame Street character does appear in every Muppet movie up through <laughs> Swedish Chef singing carols. You love it. I'm sorry. I had to I had to stop to acknowledge that magical piece of art happening right. in front of no, us. Of course, of course. Um, but at least one Muppet appears in every Muppet or one Sesame Street character appears in every Muppet movie up through Muppets Take Manhattan. And after then, Henson dies just a few years after that, like four years after that. So um, you don't have the goodwill to kind of unite. And by that point, the Muppets are owned by Disney or I guess are in the process of being sold to Disney. I'm not sure what the what the real word there is. But um, you, you can't really merge those properties anymore, which is why none of the subsequent films have featured any of the Sesame Street characters. <laughs> shredded wheat and cranberry sauce you know big bird i would never have thought to try that <laughs> piggy's car of course stuck in the snow well, and she's now same and now she is covered in mud It's a good thing Doc's around to do all the things that you need humans for. Like, you know, carrying in wood and opening doors. Sure. Although, I don't know, after after you see Kermit riding a bicycle in the Muppet movie, like there's nothing you don't believe these creatures can do. That's a fair point. Muppet movie, a perfect film, by the way. Even were it not for the Orson Welles cameo, it would still be a perfect film. <laughs> Doc's throwing shade. Ah. Oh, this is where Robin finds the Fraggles, if I recall correctly. Of course, Kermit knows all about Fraggle holes. This is a part of the established Muppet lore at this point. Sure. I mean, the lore implications of this entire special is as far reaching. Yeah. Well, let's let's crawl inside and see if there's Fraggles inside. <laughs> Maybe someone from the HBO special Fraggle Rock. Uh, Jim Henson's original pitch for Fraggle Rock was, oh, there's Boober. Or Boober? I forget his name. I believe it is Boober. Um, but his original pitch for Fraggle Rock was uh, he called HBO and was like, hey, uh, do you want to put out or put on a children's show that will save the world? Wow. And so his whole pitch for Fraggle Rock was um, to promote ideas of unity and equality um, that it doesn't matter. And that's why you've got like the different class systems, the different races in Fraggle Rock. Like those are all very specifically and intentionally designed to uh, to promote those ideas of equality and diversity. Uh, I well, wish maybe I have, on Earth. Maybe I have Fraggle Rock to blame for my uh, understanding and kind nature. I mean, would that we were also lucky, Brett. In a row? <laughs> 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 
thank you. <laughs> so last year, the back in July, I turned 38. And uh, my fondest wish for the entire year preceding that was that when I told somebody how old I was, they would answer with in a row and no one ever did. That's a shame. The first original song in this special, which is great. And this was another hallmark of Fraggle Rock. Like, music was such a huge part of all these Henson productions. Like, they would write original songs, they would do covers of established songs. And oftentimes, a lot of their special guests would want to sing too. A lot of them were singers or people who wanted to sing. Right. And, you know, the, the variety show format allowed them to do that. And also a lot of them like to play around and do things that they wouldn't have a chance to do otherwise. Like people that were known for being, you know, really stoic and serious, wanted to do goofier stuff. Um, people that were known for really serious stuff, wanted the chance to kind of cut loose and be a little goofy. Just what I always wanted, a pebble. And that's the Fraggles, everybody. (laughs) And that is a special cut on the Fraggles. Shouting outside, it's almost definitely Miss Piggy. (laughs) (laughs) On a dog sled. Just looking about as like put together and composed as ever she has. You would never have guessed it. A mere five minutes ago, she was covered in mud from her car. And I, I love the applause breaks in the special, like the Sesame street gang got an applause, break. applause break. Piggy gets an applause break. Doc well, is a bounty no for some reason. <laughs> How do you know if it's a triumphant moment? If the audience isn't cheering, Duck as a Mountie is another great touch. (laughs) Which I guess that kind of cements Piggy as a Disney princess. The woodland creatures are joining her in song. And she will soon be owned by Disney. So there you go. Which I'm sure is a joke they've made in any of the not-so-great series Disney has tried to do with Muppets. Wow. I was going to say, I've seen the the both of the movies that Disney put out, and they don't make that joke at any point. They should, but they don't. Well, there was, there was a series they did, right, on Disney Plus for a little while, or tried to do? Uh, Muppets Now actually the- was not bad, um, but the... <laughs> Oh, Piggy. But uh, there was a show before that on ABC just called The Muppets uh, that was supposed to be like a really kind of cynical, like The Office kind of show. And cynicism just doesn't work with The Muppets. Like they're too wholesome. They're too pure. They're too sincere to be that cynical. And now that we have 10 minutes left in the special, everybody's finally here. (laughs) I love how Fozzie just assumes that his mom's going to be okay with literally everybody coming over for Christmas. 
Ah, yes, the carol sing, something we've not seen any of so far this special. Oh, but of course they have this. Of course they do. I mean, here's the thing. Music being as important as it is to the Muppets, it would not be a Muppet special without just a block of singing. Tell him, Big Bird. Tell him, Bert and Ernie. Tell him, Fozzie and his mom. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Muppet prop or a Muppet movie? Uh, it's, it's either the original Muppet movie mm-hmm. or a Muppet Christmas Carol. I would say those are probably probably two of the best ones and Muppet Christmas Carol might show up on my uh, on my top five Christmas movies list which are uh, our three dollar up and three dollar and up patrons will get access to right now so I'll just use this opportunity to plug our uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash disenfranchpod since this is going out not just to our patrons but on our main feed as well But uh, we uh, we did do our top five Christmas movies, which is also dropping today. I think I just saw Forgetful Jones, who is uh, a really undersung Sesame Street character who used to just forget stuff all the time. That was his entire thing. Oh, Fraggles are back, everybody. Oh, there's Uncle Traveling Matt. Which his very name is a joke because it's a, a film term. I think a film lighting term. Oh, really? I yeah, know that. It's, it's called a traveling mat. So I've got a uh, hyper specific letterbox list for you, Stephen. Hit me, man. Uh, Christmas specials. Where established characters, uh, well, Christmas specials where extended family is introduced related to established characters. Okay. This? And it would be this and the Star Wars holiday special. Of course, Chewbacca's extended family is introduced. Apparently, Mala is canon officially now after Solo, a Star Wars story. I don't know if we mm-hmm. mentioned that in our solo episode. It's been over a year since that episode came out. But, yeah, I don't know if we did. Uh, but that is, I mean, Mala was only ever a character in the Star Wars special, a thing that George Lucas swore up and down was not canon. Um, And then it leave it to either Lord Miller or Ron Howard or someone else to introduce Mala into canon. Well, just because the character is canon does not mean the special she originally came from is canon. Yes, but I mean, everything from that special had more or less been retconned and people and, you know, people have been slowly bringing it into the actual established canon. Like, I think the character that B. Arthur played in that special was recently made canon as well. Uh, If you can think of any other uh, television Christmas specials that. Uh, can be included on that letterboxed list. Uh, let me know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chewy Walrus, or you can find us on Twitter at Disenfranch Pod. Let us know, please, and thank you. And the woodland creatures are now singing. And here's the thing they're all left outside. I mean, they're woodland creatures. They're used to the outside. And, but, as, but Brett, as if, fi- if you're cold, they're cold. Let them in. Well, sure, but as we established in the previous scene, there's no more room in the house. True, and there's there is there are some woodland creatures just hanging out there too. Like half the penguins are outside, but there are a handful inside too. There's a bunny in there as well. They let the turkey back in to do some singing, even though he's an asshole. Yeah. That Statler and Waldo for participating is um, is really quite a coup. Let's be honest. 
All right, Robin. Maybe the second best uh, Muppet Show song is Robin is the Robin song. This the 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 step where I sit. I think. Are you familiar with that one? I am not. It's a good one. Of course, the best Muppet song ever is the one from the Bernadette Peters episode. Uh, the if just one person. Um, that one, I that one brings tears to my eyes to this day. I mean, it, to me, it seems like they exclusively used Robin as a character to sing songs that would make you cry. Here's the thing. It works. <laughs> yeah. If I, I guess if I'm nostalgic for anything, it's probably the Muppets because the Muppets were such a huge part of my childhood growing up. Like, so if I if I am nostalgic for anything, it's probably the Muppets, um, which is something that we mention um, on next week's episode, actually. When we talk about my my cold, cold heart. Man, what a great special. Yeah, so this is. It's it's tickled my memory banks as if like I have seen this. This was not like one that you returned to quite often as a kid. No, I don't think so. And it, it's probably just because it wasn't they stopped showing it on TV regularly. Right. Like I said, I remember it from like the first five or six years of my life, but not much after that. But again, I was also a huge Muppets fan as a kid. Do you have a least favorite Muppet, Brett? Because I definitely have an answer to that question. A least favorite? I mean, it might be Miss Piggy. <gasps> Sacrilege, my friend. I do not care. I've never really cared for Miss Piggy. but See, the, the, the fourth gen Muppets are the ones that I'm like least attached to. And of those, Pepe the Prawn is legitimately the worst. He's come to replace Rizzo, hasn't he? Yes, he has, which is one of my another reason why I hate Disney for firing Steve Whitmire. Because they had pretty much gotten rid of Pepe the Prawn and then Rizzo went away and, hey, we need someone to accompany Gonzo on all these wacky adventures. Hey, Pepe, we're calling you back up to the big leagues. And I'm like, Disney, quit trying to make Pepe happen. And of course, Kermit gets Piggy a sycophantic fan for Christmas, and it's the only thing she could ever want. <laughs> it's Piggy, I got you a simp for Christmas. <laughs> a pick-me girl, if you will. And Robin, of course, passes it on to Grover. See, and Doc watches out for the icy patch. I don't know about you, Brett, but I'm starting to get a hankering for some figgy pudding. (laughs) And see that that kind of chokes me up a little. I'm not going to lie. I miss Jim Henson. Why does Kermit always seem so reluctant to be loved by Miss Piggy? Well, I mean, it's something they lean into later. They kind of get away from the two of them being in a relationship later on. Right. I mean, I remember a big part of the Muppets was uh, or the, the Disney show, the Muppets was them like being on the outs. So I should say that the, the director of this uh, special, the directors uh, of the special And now we get to see all the uh, all the coming attractions on the network. Peter Harris was a longtime Muppet director. He'd been with um, Jim Henson since The Muppet Show, directed many episodes of The Muppet Show. 
Uh, and then the writer of the special was Jerry Jewell, who had been one of Henson's regular collaborators since Sam and Friends, which was his like low budget syndicated show on public access. Uh, and there we go. That's that's the show. Uh, so the uh, I'm I'm not even going to try to find this on uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes or on um, uh, Mega Metacritic. I don't think it's going to be there. But the uh, the Letterbox score for this is a three point nine. Do you have a rating for this great Muppet Family Christmas special that we just watched, Brett? I'm I'm right in line with that. I'd give it a four. That's what I'm giving it to. Like I love the Muppets. This one brings this one hits a lot of the nostalgia buttons. I mean, the story is is fine. I mean, it's a, it's a 47 minute Christmas special, so you you can't expect too much. But it's great. You got to love it. It's really fun to see all the Muppet properties come together, and uh, you know it's fun to see Jim Henson as well. So yeah, and you get a good amount of Swedish Chef. He even sings a Christmas Carol. It's fantastic, which is better than you could expect, really. Let's be—I mean, Swedish Chef does not often get an opportunity to to shine. Although one one of the best things about Muppets Now is that he had a regular segment on Muppets Now. Um, so, I mean, if that's not a reason enough to watch Muppets Now, then I don't know what is. Yeah, was that the one where he had his own cooking show? He does. Yeah, he has his own cooking show, but it's like it's it's like a, a mass or it's like a an Iron Chef style show where it's him against another either another chef or another cook of some kind. Like he goes up against uh, Roy Choi at one point. I think at one in one episode he goes up against uh, Danny Trejo. Like um, it's it, and of course, Danny Trejo, like Samuel L. Jackson, one of those guys who will do literally everything. Like he's one of the only actors who's been like a regular feature in just about every Muppets property of the Disney era because he will do just about everything. I think he plays the same character in both of the Muppets, both the Muppets and the Muppets Most Wanted. Um, But I mean, he's just he's just basically he said, if there's room in my schedule, I will do whatever he's offered to me. Like, I don't care about the money. I just love to do it. So. You gotta love, you gotta love Danger, but he's also a restaurateur apparently. So he goes on and makes chicken mole with the Swedish chef, which is kind of great. I need to see that. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 the best segment, and it's on I think almost every episode of Muppets. Now I think there's maybe one or two episodes where it's not, uh, but it's on just about every episode. And um, Uncle Deadly is uh, is a, par- a regular part of Miss Piggy's segment, which makes it much more watchable. Um, also a regular part of those segments is actor Tay Diggs, who just shows up in like half of those segments. And you're just like, what's Tay Diggs doing here? And it's like, I ah, don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, that's the Muppet family Christmas. It's, it's a staple that I remember very fondly as a kid. Uh, now that I know it's on YouTube, I'll probably find myself watching it a lot more regularly. Um, but yeah, it, that was one of my favorites as a kid. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's a Christmas special, so there's not much to the story. But I don't know. I I thought it was pretty good. I thought it kind of held up. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. It's, it's, a, it's a solid Christmas special. There it is. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Merry Christmas from us to you. This is our, our Christmas gift to you and, and kind of a peek behind the curtain at what you guys can get at the $5 level uh, if you are Patreon subscribers. Uh, again, that is patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. Uh, you can find us on all the social medias, uh, Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram, at disenfranchpod, Facebook as well. Uh, I, your host, Stephen Foxworthy, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, at Chewy Walrus. Brett, where can we find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at sus underscore warlock. And that's all we wrote for today. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, commentary special. Uh, Again, if you want to hear more stuff like this, uh, you should find us on our Patreon page. Uh, Thanks again. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Again, whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate, we hope you're having a good one. Um, Thank you so much. and, uh, And Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And God bless us, everyone.